Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Football.com and the DLF family of podcasts. It's me, it's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is the Superflex Super Show. I don't even know, I don't even know where to take it from there. We got so much, so much to talk about. We just got done talking about uh, ADP. Actually, we've got a ton of ADP that we could talk about here tonight. We just got done uh, talking about ADP that involved 2022 and 2023 rookie picks. I just updated my rankings. And above all else, we just watched quite possibly the best weekend of football in in the history of, of football. Just got done watching, unfortunately, the Kansas City Chiefs advance to the AFC Championship. Really wanted to see the, the Buffalo Bills get there, but... Anyways, great weekend of football, and it almost feels wrong uh, to be talking about continuing the, the discussion of the 2022 offseason, but that's what we're going to do, because I brought in one of my good friends from this industry. It's been a while uh, since I got to talk to you, Nathaniel Bro. Yeah, man. It's 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 been a bit. Uh, you were on the uh, the Super Show's live draft show a few years ago, but uh, since then, it's uh, our conversation has mainly been off air in DMs. Uh, but I I I I think I triggered you a few times uh, with my latest episode talking about ADP, talking about rookie picks, uh, talking about rookie pick strategy. And then on top of all that, I mean, you were already about to come uncorked, and then I dropped some rankings over at DLF too. So <laughs> I, there was just there was there was just way too much to talk to uh, to talk about, and you were just like, "Man, we can't just do this in DMs." Right, right. <laughs> this needs to be this this needs to be uh, on a hot mic, um, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I I guess I've got a lot of uh, a lot of explaining to do. It sounds like. Oh man, I was listening to the last uh, episode about the you know twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three pick mock. I was a part of. Yeah. Uh, and I was I was snow blowing my driveway, so I'm like I'm bundled up like a yeti, uh, <laughs> snow blowing, and and got the headphones on listening, and I'm just like, I'm I am. Shouting out loud over the over the over the snowblower, like my response is like, "No, that's not what's happening." Or like, I think I was just going off uh, in my own mind, and so I was like, "I, I want to do something." So uh, I was super excited that you let me come on, and uh, and yeah, but I mean, it was a great episode because it got it got me stirred up. So nice, yeah, that tends to happen around here. 
and and you know what? I wear that as a badge of honor, by the way. I I, I, I told the podcasters to stir stir people up. Yeah, I I agree. I absolutely agree. And I know that that you're a connoisseur of fantasy football content. I know that you listen to a lot of podcasts, you read a lot of articles, you're all over the place. Like people people don't realize it. But Nathaniel Nathaniel Broughton. I almost said it wrong, man. You just told me how to it's called Nathaniel Bro, so you just must think it's Nathaniel Broughton. So I, that's, I'm kind yeah. of confused. Yeah, yeah. So that's the Twitter handle, by the way, at yeah. Nathaniel Bro, but it's pronounced Nathaniel Broughton. <laughs> Anyways, is a curator of fantasy football content and so the fact that yeah i mean i i must have said something so differently um so unique from the rest of the community and and you know forget it for a second about the fact that uh you know reading between the lines what you're really saying it's not so much that it's different it's that it's ridiculous um, <laughs> and that's okay i forgive you um but you know i i, I must have said something so so outside the mainstream that uh that that it not only inspired you to well not only powered you through your uh your snow blowing efforts um <laughs> but inspired you to like uh, to 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 reach out to come onto a podcast uh that uh you know that in the past you just would have listened to and and just been like uh eh, you know if, yeah, yeah. if John just kind of he says shit sometimes, <laughs> you know, but this time you were like, nope, nope, we're not, we cannot, this will well, not stand. Well, I I don't think it was just a such a maybe it's a metamorphosis of who John Hogue Superflex dude is is becoming because you used Whoa. to be the like let's let's tamp down the rookie fever. Why yeah. are you talking about it so early? And then I said yeah. when you dropped the rookie talk like in December. <laughs> I'm like, this is the man who tells people to stop talking about rookies. Yep. So then so then I'm like, oh that's that's new. And then this then you were all oh and I love this about you. You always talked about production of the year upcoming matters. It really matters. In fact mm -hmm. it matters like not just like oh yeah it's also important. It's one of the main important things. And then yeah. I hear well yeah I mean 2022 players will play before 2023 players and you know Tyler Lockett's going to play before any random 2023 rookie pick but and I'm like yeah. whoa he's <laughs> what's happened to the John Hogue I used to know and love <laughs> I know I know and and it's it is strange for me too I'll 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 grant you that it's uh I will admit that it has been a strange lead up to this offseason um in a in a strange path gathering information along the way to come to the realization and i actually think that this is also i think my point of view is probably a little bit passive aggressive if i'm being honest like i i just i can't think of a stronger way to say that this 2022 rookie class is not good other than to other than to be like yeah like sit out 2022 and wait for 2023 because that's where the real football players are yeah. Like that, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with this. And it is, it's, it's, it's such a deviation yep. from, you know, from the, the strategies of the past, uh, the strategies that we, that we know are correct. 
It's just the problem is this rookie class is just so bad. Yeah. Well, have you started playing Debbie in the last two years? Because uh, I don't play Debbie. And so I have mm-hmm. no no point of view. But it's like, man, that's a strong point of view. Yeah. You must have, you must have started playing Debbie. Because <laughs> that's what I can think of. I've I've played some Debbie off and on uh for several years. I I finally really just kind of settled into a Ryan McDowell kitchen sink league. Okay. Um and that and that definitely helps. And and yeah, I mean I think that that's part of it. I I've kind of started to formulate some strategies for Debbie in particular. And I've and I've really kind of come to realize you know like it, it first of all that's kind of where the strategy regarding you know rookie picks in general kind of came from which is if you need quarterbacks i mean first of all like y- you should have been listening to the superflex super show you should have been going quarterback extreme okay it's too late now yeah. like we can't, we can't get the 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 toothpaste back in the tube now so now you've got to figure out a way to collect quarterbacks do it in a rookie draft this year this is your other opportunity to do it Mm-hmm. But beyond that, for the rest of us who are going quarterback extreme and who are building up this this roster around the quarterbacks, and now it's time to detail what's about to be a juggernaut of a team. You know, the way to do that is get in on the running backs in the rookie draft. That had kind of started anyways, but right. seeing it in Devi has only solidified that. It's only made that that fire burn stronger Mm, okay because we're so much better at finding running backs uh, you know college running backs who are going to go on to you know fantasy viable careers in the nfl we're so much better at that with running backs than any other position it's significantly better so you know it's kind of it's this realization that man i want these running backs on my debbie squad and the next logical step is, yeah, I want them on my rosters in in dynasty leagues as well. Right. Even though I still hate running backs, I'm still just like these guys. These guys are just so much easier to find, you know, if you start early. Right. Essentially. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, that, yeah, that's that's helpful context. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of of what, what's been unfolding uh, in your in your brain. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 and Bijan Robinson really is awesome, and, and <laughs> <laughs> there's that too. There's your, I think he's gonna be your new Aaron Rodgers. Like every time you say you, that's the only one you always say because I think you, just, you love that guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's gonna be some good ones all over the the 2023 class, but. Yeah, it starts with Bijan Robinson. And and part of it is having lived through Saquon Barkley coming into the league. Yep. And seeing people go crazy over Saquon Barkley. Oh yeah. You know, and especially after that rookie year when he finishes running back one overall and and you know, it and then in the offseason in startups, he was going one oh one. Yep. Even over, you know, even over quarterbacks. And and then seeing what it would cost you to move up from any position in the first round to 101 for the opportunity to draft Saquon Barkley. I mean, the, the haul that people were getting was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And the thing is, 
Bijan Robinson's better than Saquon Barkley. And he's oh, healthier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you don't think so? I have no idea. All oh, okay. I know is that that's two college, it's two years away. Yeah. And uh he must well, be a year a year away. He must be better than Jonathan Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. He's also he's gonna come into the league with a little less usage than than Jonathan Taylor, which is a pretty big deal as well. Yeah. But. So uh I just I just think back to like when Jonathan Taylor everyone knew he he was the man and he this is after the CEH fallout like we all mm-hmm. know okay, the new the 101 is Jonathan Taylor we made the mistake but yeah that's that's what what, what happened uh but yeah he still wasn't getting like the third down or the two-minute drill work because of the fallacy of rational coaching was like keeping him from being. I remember just in August, I was doing my rankings for running backs, tiered rankings, and he wasn't my first only because I didn't trust his coach. Now his coach eventually catches up, but that's a season and a half of production where he didn't, his product, his usage didn't match his talent. So I'm like, If B. John Robinson is the B's knees and the cat's meow, but he goes to a, a 1A, 1B situation, or they have this pass catching specialist that they just are enamored with, or a quarterback that never checks down. Like there's so many yeah. things that could make his talent not show up until a year and a half down the road. So then it's it's not just one season of production. It could be two seasons before he ascends to the level which we've which John believes yeah. to send to. Yeah. So I'm like, we're, we gotta, we gotta realize that a lot of life is going to happen before he steps on the field. And even when he steps on the field, there's gotta be a lot of life that's going to happen before he ascends sure. to the RB one of all RB ones. So yeah. like, I, I, that's where I'm just like, and, th- and that kind of, that whole argument kind of colors everything you were saying in my head. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and I still agree with that overall uh again i i just i look at saquon barkley that was i mean you know he was he was going to transcend the situation almost regardless now there there are some situations that Bijan robinson could land in where you know it's it's gonna depress his value and it's really it really kind of comes down to you know the the scheme and just the way they use running backs in general like New England is is just a terrible place for fantasy <laughs> production, just kind of in general. Right. Regardless of whether it's the wide receivers, the running backs, whoever lands there, you know, it's 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 going to make them worse than than what they would have been. And there there are several situations like that, but for the most part, and and here's the other thing is, you know, for the last several years we've been talking about the saturation point at running back right we've kind of we we hit that point a couple years ago it started to receive yeah yeah, it's big time yeah to a point where it's really hard to look around the league and say like the these are running backs that i feel really good about for fantasy football purposes going into 2022 you know to me there's i don't know eight maybe like, and I haven't even I haven't stopped and counted, but yeah, it's right, it's right. somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. 
I'm I'm not there. I'm I'm I've been done with Ezekiel Elliott for several years. I, and I mean I think he's been done yeah. with us just as long. Yeah. Um I'm I'm there with Dalvin Cook. I'm there with Alvin Kamara. You know, these these guys have just they've they've got all the usage that they can realistically handle and sustain the same level, you know. This was this was another thing you said that I was super excited about. You said Aaron Jones has reached has is past the usage cliff, which I yeah. love that concept over an age cliff. Yeah. Because I don't think age really is the factor. It's the how much yeah. you've been toting the rock over the years, how many hits you've actually taken, not how exactly. old you are. Um right. But but I actually don't think Aaron Jones fits that because he's always been in a one A one B situation, mm-hmm. and and I would say the same for Kamara. Uh, that the uh, but then if you want to factor in market value, then I'm like okay yes, like the market still sees it as an age cliff. Yeah. So I should sell him before the market says he's depreciating. But as from a production thing, I still mm-hmm. think Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara could put up top five uh you know top eight top ten running back for two or three years mm-hmm. now AJ Dillon colors the Green Bay situation obviously but um yeah so the yeah. usage cliff I think is a valid way to look at it but I, I thought it didn't apply to Aaron Jones. That it, it makes sense. I mean part of it is you know you 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 there's still significant usage there. It's a guy with a lengthy injury history and we're not just talking about you know one major injury event here and there like you know like people are going to try and paint saquon barkley for instance as being injury prone after you know one major knee injury that led to you know and a a follow-up season of you know some compensatory injuries right that's it's it's different aaron jones had you know several you know, uh, more minor injuries just kind of piling up on him for the first several years of his career. Mm. Um, so there's, there, there is that part of it. Uh, there's also the fact that AJ Dillon is, you know, likely going to be a bigger part, especially if they lose Aaron Rodgers, and, you yep. know, you, and then if you lose your offensive coordinator as well, and and possibly your passing game coordinator like both of those guys right now are interviewing for head coaching roles so mm-hmm. you know you lose all that you lose the quarterback you lose the top wide receiver Devonte adams is going to try and force his way out as well if aaron Rodgers does you know all all of the the structure all the bones of that offense are gone except for the running game yeah no your point you still know. stands about the broader running back landscape for sure yeah. Uh, I just wanted to interject. <laughs> I think I would <laughs> talk about that because I was like, we have so many other things to talk about. I know. Totally. <laughs> yeah, Th- that's true. I, I mean, I guess, I guess here's the thing. And, and maybe, I mean, you could absolutely be right. Like, you know, painting all of those guys with the same brush, it doesn't, it doesn't totally work except for the fact that they all are in a, you know, kind of a similar uh, they have similar usage. They have similar wear and tear on their bodies. And it's a similar situation in that, like, it's it's time for them to start finding, you know, the next guy, whether it's A.J. Dillon, yep. 
you know, then their, their version of Tony Pollard, whoever that's going to be, Alexander Madison is going to be involved for, for Minnesota. Right. Um, and, and he's going to take Dalvin cook off the field more and more. So now's the time to get out from under these guys. It's, it's not necessarily that they're never going to produce again, but it's, it's that they're never going to produce at the same level, uh, that they have in the past. That's very unlikely to happen. It's possible, but it's unlikely. Yeah. And, you know, it's, so now is, is kind of the time to get away from him and, and be okay with the fact that we, we might be wrong on this. Dalvin cook might give you one more, you know, top five type season. Mm -hmm. He might, he might do that. It's not likely, but it's possible. Sometimes it hits, Mm -hmm. but we're okay with the fact that we missed out on that because the process was right, right. you know? And your so, target is this next group of 23 running backs Yeah, that will just replenish the quote-unquote loss of, of a Dalvin Cook, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there are a few guys, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, those guys come to mind as, as guys who I, I don't think that they're quite there on usage, just yet, I think that we can expect at least one more season out of those guys. And so, you know, they kind of bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if 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 you want to if you want to make a run in 2022, I think that you do it with that tier of guys, not with the Kamaras, not with the Dalvin Cooks, certainly not with Christian McCaffrey. He's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Derek Henry is not likely to to return the same type of production that he has in the past. But, you know, you can get to that second tier of guys that uh, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, you know, those those type of guys for sure. And then you just transition to 2023. The problem is, if you do too well in 2022, you're not going to be in range for B. John Robinson in 2023. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then the other thing I, I wanted to um, bring up was the whole feeling of um, the juxtaposing uh, 23 uh, picks with, and I'm not really sure if I, I can articulate this, it's, it's somewhere between like your top six or seven of this 2022 class for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like some players of the, of the Aaron Jones, the Josh Jacobs, the Michael Thomas ilk, mm-hmm. where uh, it feels like it feels like the 2023 class is Bitcoin, or it's this it's this cryptocurrency that's like I could give you a dollar and you can convert it into Bitcoin, but you're going to be like, no, uh, my Bitcoin's worth of a dollar is actually worth two a dollar fifty. but I'm just only paying. I only want a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. Okay, but you got to pay a dollar fifty to get a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. I'm like, yeah, n- no, I should only have to pay a dollar of worth of Bitcoin value. So it's like this, right. this unattainable, this 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 mythical 2023 class is Bitcoin, um, and and it's like you know I kind of think I'll just take the Josh Jacobs. He's going to be my RB two for two years, and then I'll take my 109 or 110 uh, and in the 2023 class. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I can't get there. I, I I want to. And, and I think in a startup, I'm willing to, but, 
but in a but it's so hard in a startup if you don't choose a productive strategy. So yeah, and this is the thing about of these ADPs is like it's an opportunity to practice different strategies. Like like you can go on and you can try out QBX and you can look at what your roster looks like and you can fade wide receivers, load up on running backs, and have you know three wide receivers with your QBX strategy without any consequences. But like take take John's strategy and see how that plays out. Or if you want to do hero RB or, you know, like you can play these out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, I was playing out. I want to win now uh, strategy. So I'm willing to take old guys earlier. Um, and so you said something like, it's basically like saying these mock tracks are saying in a vacuum, I want this player over this player. Mm-hmm. or I want this player over this pick in a vacuum. And I'm like, no, it's not a vacuum. We're yeah. all looking at our rosters and saying, I, I want to get to quarterback number five, or I want to uh, hammer uh, uh, running backs and I want to get a really high end tight end. Um, or I want to fade tight end and, and load up on wide, wide receivers. And so these picks uh, are of value, but they're not of any position. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't fit my strategy you know, yeah. at times. and so I was like, it's not a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. But then I was trying to think what is an other way to do this? And I came up blank. So I was like, this is the best movie we got. Um, but I was like, he's going hard on the, on <laughs> our, <laughs> drafters, our most our mock drafters. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm on the, here tonight to defend the mock drafters. <laughs> I know I'm like, so appreciative of the 11 people who join me in every, in each mock draft and then you just i mean we do but yeah just (laughs) just just shit all over i know i i I, that's that's the one part that i that i second guessed a little bit i was like man did i did am i complaining a little bit too much it's entertainment value so don't be apologetic (laughs) yeah i yeah definitely in in i mean on one hand like i want i want everybody who joins me in a mock draft I always want them to come back because this is the way that we create the best, the strongest and the most useful ADP is with people who are experienced drafters, you know, who know what they're doing. Like there's the, the big argument out there for since the beginning of time has been, you know, live drafts give you better ADP because, you know, people actually have skin in the game. They're actually spending money. And, and to me, the reality is, it, you know, if you use that type of ADP, you're also getting, you know, the people who have never played before, never played Superflex before, never played right. Dynasty in general. Right. Whatever it is, they haven't done that yeah. before. And so, you know, you, it, it, I, I think that you get tainted ADP. So That's the fact I take, I think I agree with you. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get the guys who not just guys, but um, you get the people who, you know, again, they've never played super flex before they've played fantasy football. Maybe they played dynasty. Maybe they haven't, but they come in and they take, they're going to take Jonathan Taylor first overall in a super flex dynasty startup. And you know, the rest of us are going to roll our eyes. We know better. Yeah. Th- that's not the pick. You've got to go quarterback there. We've got so many of these young quarterbacks who are going to give you 10, 15 years. Yeah. That person's going to end up with Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah. QB1. <laughs> right. Jason Hill hoping he 
can get up back on the field. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, they're going to end up reaching for a quarterback later, you know, because they're going to say, oh, well, you know, now all the quarterbacks are going to, it's the 10th round, all the quarterbacks are gone. And now I have to reach for my quarterbacks. It, you know, it, it just, it just screws up the ADP. Mm-hmm. So I, so I am, I'm very grateful for the fact that we have so many people get involved with these mock drafts who, you know, their experience with Superflex, they know what they're doing. Um, and, and, you know, they, they understand the nuance. I think that we get much better ADP. That's why I always say, I think that we've got at dynastyleaguefootball.com. I think we've got the best ADP in the game and it's because of the drafters who are involved. That yeah. said, <laughs> all of that said, <laughs> I, I think that it's fair to say that some people went into it, uh, you know, with, with a strategy in mind. And that strategy was not productive struggle. It was not focus, focusing on 2023 at all. It was, you know, how do I, how do, what's, what's my roster build that I think gives me the best opportunity to contend in 2022? I, but I don't, I, I don't believe that that's everyone. Yeah. I don't believe that there was enough uh, strategy that really went into it. And I don't think that there was enough consideration of, you know, f- future value, which, you know, that's what the off season is all about. It's about acquiring value. We don't get any production anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not scoring points for several months here. You know, so right now it's all about acquiring value. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of what your strategy looks like in September, right now in January, you have to acknowledge that, you know, the the way to the best path to putting together that production over the next few months is to start off with as much value as possible. Mm-hmm. And we know what type of value those 2023 picks are going to have. That's the thing. Like it's, it's not just about the, <laughs> you drop your head. Like I'm just, uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to close my eyes and finish my point. Go for it. <laughs> Nathaniel. Um, it, it's not just about how good these players are going to be. And it's not just about my, my own personal opinion on what those players are going to be. It's, it really is kind of an acknowledgement that everybody is looking ahead to 2023. Everybody is looking ahead and saying that draft class is going to be better than this one. And therefore, you know, they're, they're trading 2023 picks right now at a higher value Mm -hmm. than most draft picks a year out. Yep. And it's a combination of the talent of 2023 and the lack of talent in 2022, yep. you know? Yep. Like, so that's, that's, that's happening right now. And so for me, it's more about capitalizing on that. It's more about recognizing like people are going to be falling all over themselves for 2023 picks in, in a year's time. Yeah. They're going to give you whatever you want, especially if you end up with one on one. I, I, and you know, I, I, I just, I, we've seen it happen with Saquon Barkley, and this is like turn it up a notch from there. Mm-hmm. Turn it all the way up to eleven. You know, that's what's, that's what's coming with twenty twenty three's one rookie pick one point oh one. Yeah, people are yeah. going to pay you whatever you want for that pick. 
And I, I have actually seen that represented in my leagues as well. I mean, um, I always, as since I am a dynasty content curator, I always think I'm, you know, a few months ahead of my league, but this year it was like, uh, everyone was saying, I never like would say this myself cause I didn't want people to think this, but I would hear like, Oh, I'm actually more interested in the 2023 class and the 20. And I'm like, this is saying this back this past summer. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, the cat is like been out of the bag for a bit at this point. <laughs> like, no one is thinking that they're, you know, excited about this rookie class. And so the value as you, as you say, is like, yeah, but to buy those 2023s, you're going to have to, you have to put the value into them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Already embedded. Whereas I could just get a 2022 for far cheaper. And we know that insulation, like let's play out the idea of taking a wide receiver um, in, in this rookie class. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Uh, mine's Garrett Wilson. Most people's is Traylon Burks. Okay. So you can get Garrett, Garrett Wilson at the 108 or something, 109. Um, and his his price for at least half of the season is going to be what you paid for him at worst. Mm -hmm. Now, the second half of his season, if he, you know, doesn't produce and he starts doing what Terrace Marshall has done, then it's going to drop. But for the first half of that season, you have a sell window over a hold window. So, so you're win-win for the first half of the season because production for a rookie, it appreciates. And I know that you, and I followed you in this, so I'm with you, depreciate the wide receiver position mm -hmm. because it's so deep. But, right. but people don't do that with a rookie wide receiver that's producing. Yeah. You know, Jalen Waddle is break, breaking the top 10 of some people's wide receiver rookie ranks. And as a person who would would devalue that position, I still agree with what they're saying, uh, but they're willing to pay for, you know, pay that type of price. And so I, I, I think that it's it's an opportunity for to buy 2022s more than it is an opportunity to buy 2023s. But in the mock draft, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, there's not any buying or selling. It's just you know picking the value. So I get what you're saying there. Uh, but I do think that there is value in not simply blindly offloading your 2022s for, <laughs> for just a one for one for 2023. I still think unless it's unless it's like a, a 10, 11 or 12 pick, then maybe it's one for one. I still think I want the player if I am forced to do a one for one pick, because I think there's an appreciation value of performance that might come from that player. But yeah. We, we could split ways there and, and head different directions, I guess. And that's fine. That's that's the beautiful thing about Dynasty is that all the different ways you can approach it. Yeah. I uh, And I, I will say, I mean, this this is why I wanted to bring you on. I, I, and I've said it. I think I even said it on the episode. In fact, I, you know, as, as much as I, I appreciate the ability to come on here without anybody else to check me and, and you know, be able to just say, Whatever the hell I want to say, I don't have Stompy just beating the hell out of his desk anymore. You know, I don't have Travis with his passive aggressive BS. <laughs> you know, like none of that anymore. Uh, it's it's just me, and I get to just say whatever the hell I want. Um, and and that's that's fun for me. But I feel like it's more useful to get a second voice on here 
um, you know, to to be able to present the other argument in and in a lot of cases, or not a lot of cases, but in some cases like this one, you're making a point that, like you said at the beginning, I myself have made, <laughs> you know, in the past. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 important for that to be represented. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I, I I think that there's some validity to it. Um, to to all of it, and and again, you know, I can't stress this enough. Well, two things about 2022. So, I'm trying to get out, and I'm playing for 2023 because I feel like that's going to be the best long-term strategy for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I I get where, especially for you know that that masculine <laughs> urge to compete is going to make that a really hard move to sell on people. So tell me how outside of a startup in your ongoing leagues, like what are you doing to get, get them fire sale, baby? Because I had a guy in our league post, I'll give two 22s for one person's 2023. And he's got like nine, 10 and 11. So he's given like a, the back half of the draft and, mm-hmm. and no one was like, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, goodness, like, what are you doing, John? That's actually getting them. Uh, yeah. I mean, it it worked a lot better to go, you know, to go into it, uh, you know, kind of midway through the season. Yeah, I did that in several leagues where I just started selling off pieces, and and you know there were the, there were several cases where I was like, all right, Derrick Henry for you know, a first plus and then Joe Mixon for a first plus. And, and, you know, I managed to accumulate them like that while also getting rid of players who number one, aren't going to hold their value more mm-hmm. than, you know, a year or two for me. Yeah. And number two are going to f- screw this up for me in 2022 by being too good. Right. Yeah. You know, at least potentially, like I, I I'm going to have a harder time turning my own pick into rookie pick 101 when I've got Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon still putting up enough points to keep me away from it. Yeah. You know, so it's it's going to allow me to tank within the rules. That's the, that's the part that's going to be the really hard sell on for people is is the fact that you know what we're really talking about here is stripping your roster down. Yep. And and not competing in 2022 be as bad as you can possibly be. And that's, that's a, it's a hard move for people to make. And I get it. I respect it. I have absolutely no problem with it. If you say, yeah, that's just, it's not in my DNA. Yeah. You know? So, but to answer my question there, you don't really have a move in this off season to get 2023 picks at this point. Uh, you're going to, I think you're going to have to overpay a little yeah. bit. I think, I mean, I'll still move, I'll move 2022 picks for 2023 picks. And that includes earlier 2022 picks. Um, And and that's where I was, that's kind of back to the entire impetus of this whole thing is the fact that to me, ADP should reflect, should reflect the fact that you're going to have to give up in early 2022 first you know, to trade out, to get a random 2023 first. Yeah. 
that's that's what it's going to take realistically and, and that's probably what it should yeah and i'm willing to do it wow yeah 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 your comment on um that, that you thought all of the 2023 rookie picks should go right but right between 105 and 106 or 106 i can't remember what it was um mm -hmm. because they could just as likely be 101 as they is 112 i was like oh that's so true <laughs> I didn't yeah. even think of that. And so I, I, I thought that was like, <laughs> in my head, I was picturing it as 106. So I was like, if I take a yeah. random uh, 2023, I'm viewing it as a 106. Um, okay. But yeah, no, no matter what, it's it's random. So the first one that goes, they're all equal to that first one. Yeah. We should have just all, we should have just run them all, all up. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah, they're, they're all 106, essentially. Yeah. 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 Which that was a question I was going to ask you actually is how you, how, how you value, you know, picks a year out. Like, how do you view them? I, I think a, a lot of people do it differently. And, and th the other thing is, you know, sometimes people will tell you that they view it as a, you know, mid late type of pick. Mm -hmm. Like I, I tend to look at it. I tend to call it one Oh eight. Okay. essentially you know that's that's the pick that i like to assign to it you say 106 it's kind of the same basic right. approach um that's and and people will say that they like to do that but then they'll start playing that game of trying to project it they'll mm -hmm. start saying well you know this isn't this isn't a random pick though this is the team that just earned 101 this year you know it's their 2023 first and so, you know, the fact that they were so bad this year, I think that we've got to at least consider the possibility that this is higher than 106. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the most likely scenario here is that it's higher than 106. And and that's just it's not how probabilities work. <laughs> don't play that game. Please don't play that game. But it's so fun. I like playing <laughs> that game. I actually when people are like, don't take the team in the context, I'm like, come on. We all know that owner that's just always going to be bad. We that's can true. Take advantage of that owner. <laughs> that's true. That's definitely true. Uh, and in some case, I think that you can project my rosters <laughs> in some of these leagues <laughs> because I just told you what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, you can you can do it with some of them, and and you can still use that information. Come to think right. of it, I mean, you know, you can you can say, all right, well. You know, this guy, this, it looks like this is a bad roster. So I want to trade for that 2023 pick, but I don't have to pay quite as much because I know that 101 is not in play because John is all in on getting 101. Like he, he won't score a single freaking point all of 2022 just to make sure this happens. Yeah. So the fact that I have no shot at 101, you know, that, that kind of decreases the value of, the yeah, price yeah, of those right, picks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. There's, there's no doubt about that, but you know, above all else, like, you know, just, just assign that value and just let it roll. But, but yeah, I mean, kind of the point was the more, the more picks you end up with, the more random 2023 first you end up with, the better shot you've got at one one right. you know, that's just, that's how probabilities, that's how odds work. Like that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. What else do we got? What else do we need to uh, 
Well, um, so you're you put out your rankings on DLF. <laughs> oh man, I love DLF so much. I wish all of my league mates would subscribe. And then sometimes I am like, wait, no, maybe I don't want you to subscribe. I love yeah. DLF so good. Um, and so I started going through yours. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple other guys that I like their rankings, so I had them up, you know, next to each other. Nice. Um, and I don't actually really like want to dissect your rankings. Uh, because I've never done all position ranking. I've only done tiered by position. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's the purpose of rankings? You almost have to decide, like, what's my purpose in doing this? Yeah. Because it's you could go so many. It could be I'm trying to reflect market value. I'm trying to reflect uh, a startup. I'm trying to reflect trade value. I'm trying to reflect production. Uh, I'm I'm trying to reflect position scarcity. Like, how, dude, that's just a ton of work and a ton of puzzle pieces so i was just wanting to ask you like yeah look at your rankings what are you trying to represent yeah and and i think that all of that has to go into it you know and i think that that's that's a big part of why it starts with quarterback is the fact that you do have to consider short-term production long-term production you know value over replacement you know value versus other positions um, and, and, you know, like all of that stuff comes into play. I, and, and the problem is if you put too much thought into all of that stuff, if you, well, it, you just like, you're, you, it's like, how the hell do I even get started on this? I just, so the, the big thing that I try and do is I like the, the simple answer is, I want to supplement ADP because, you know, I think that there's a big difference between ADP and rankings and ADP and value. You talk about that all the time too. That's, that's a, that's a pretty important point, but you know, there's, there's, you, you really want a tool that can help you not just navigate the actual draft, you know, but something that, that can kind of help you with, uh, you know, the, the ongoing movement of, of the concept of value, uh, even beyond the startup. And so, you know, I really want rankings to do that. I want them to, you know, somewhat follow ADP in that, you know, like these, these are the players that you paid for. This is, you know, this is, how, you know, where I think they're going to continue to be, but it also, it, it really kind of, uh, you know, I really kind of look at it in a, a, through the lens of, you know, one or two year window. How do I think these guys are going to produce mm. and how are they going to produce relative to their ADP? You know, okay. and it's, it's not nearly as complicated as I'm making it sound, but uh, it, it really kind of comes down to production essentially yeah. um, over the, and and I and I even for Dynasty, I really do kind of try to look at it in terms of you know one or two years. Yeah, I I really do. And and then from there, I mean, once the rankings are set, the other thing that like people are just way too willing to adjust their rankings. Like mm. we we were talking about this off air. In fact, how like. You know, this great weekend of football where we saw Joe Burrow playing great. We saw Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, 
you know, all these great young quarterbacks. And it, or and then you know, at wide receiver, Jamar Chase has a great game. Uh, AJ Brown has a great game. <laughs> like all these guys, and and we're you know Debo Samuel, and and yeah. we're just we're all talking about all right. So who's the quarterback one? And it kind of changes based on what game you're watching. Yeah. Who's the wide receiver one? Oh, right now it's Jamar Chase, but oh now yeah, you know Maybe I just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah now it's AJ Brown. So like yeah, it just it just it's this constantly changing thing. And it shouldn't be, no. you know, it's the, first of all, that's not useful. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it's so much harder to be accurate yeah. if you're looking for reasons to move somebody up rather than figuring out what is the, is there a reason to move this person down? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a, that's a big part of it too, uh, is, is there a reason to drop this guy in my rankings? And a lot of times, you know, there there are players who deserve to drop a little bit, but it's very rare that you're going to find that reason in, you know, one game or a handful of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will make one comment on your rankings. I was, um, <laughs> I was so proud that you yes. didn't put uh, Kyle Pitts to the moon. Like it nice. was, like it was. It was <laughs> mature. It was a mature ranking. Uh, he's still, I think, I think he's your first tight end. Yeah. But it's not far from the rest. Like uh, right. Kyle Pitts is, is your, your first two, two rankings later is Kelsey. Uh, four rankings later is Andrews. And then right away is Kittle. Um, so I was like, Hey, someone, cause I just, I'm getting really uh, annoyed at the, the, some of the outlandish claims about, uh, Kyle Pitts that sounds so similar and were exactly what I was thinking about Evan Ingram. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> we, we're not learning our lesson here. Uh, he might be, and I, I'm willing to be wrong and then I'll pay for it later. I'll, I'll buy him at the price when, when he, when he proves it. But right <laughs> now there's three other tight ends that, um, well, two other tight ends. Uh, I, I do think he should go over Kelsey, although Kelsey balled out tonight. So that was fun to see. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do think Mark Andrews and, and Kittle ha- should have a say on who's the tight end one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't have a strong you know line in the sand, this guy, but the people, the pits people do that. It's, it's a non-negotiable. And so I'm like, no, there's room for, for debate here. <laughs> You should not be going in the first round of your mock drafts. No, you really shouldn't. Even even the ones that we do. So the ones with the uh, uh, the rookie picks, I also include a tight end premium because we don't have that in yeah. our normal mock drafts. That you know that just create the ADP that you find at DLF. It, you know we don't we don't have that, and I think my my guess is that most dynasty leagues, most especially super flex leagues. You know, the, the reason to, to do a super flex league is because you want more value throughout the, right. the economy, for lack of a better term, of your entire league. Yeah. You want quarterbacks to be worth something, to have significant value. Well, if you're going to take that step, you're more than likely also going to take the step of a tight end premium. Yeah. You know, so in order to make this look like a startup that you're likely to do right now, you know, 
we include the rookie picks because those will most likely be involved in the draft. And then we give tight ends a tight end premium because most of the leagues that you're going to join right now, they'll have a tight end premium. Yeah. But yeah, they, they moved, they had Kyle Pitts with a first round ADP ahead of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. It was, yeah, it's a, a, a it's a bridge too far for me. Yeah. Um, even with that premium, you know, right. I guess he wasn't I, ahead of, and I don't uh, think that the, the premium does enough. No, it, it moves. It moves the whole group together. I think. Yeah. Um, more than like, uh, you know, one guy gets the real bump. Yeah. Uh, and so if, if Kyle Pitts, if the premium validates Kyle Pitts as in the first round, he should be shortly coming right, right in front of the other guys and the other guys were not, you know, near him. And so I was like, no, yeah. the whole group should move up. Yeah. Uh, not just one guy. Which, which to be fair, they, they did. And it was well, really they, interesting, like just about pretty much all of that, you know, the top tier tight ends, those four guys, they all, they all moved up about seven spots. Hmm. Um, Mark Andrews actually got the biggest bump. Um, and that's just kind of the preferential difference between the, the two sets of mock drafts. Mark Andrews yeah. ended up as a tight end two uh, with a tight end premium where he was tight end four uh without it and which that doesn't make any sense you know it's not like (laughs) it's not like he's gonna catch more passes than travis kelsey right like um so again that was that there there wasn't really anything to glean from that it's just a preferential difference yeah but uh but yeah they all they all moved in and that actually kind of validates kyle pitts going in the first round the fact that all four of those tight ends move up about seven spots you know, Kyle Pitts, his seven spots pushed him into the first round. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that he's too high in ADP in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it stands to reason, I suppose, that he would end up in the in the first round with that premium. I still just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Plus, it's I, such an easy position to hack, you know? Like, oh, I, I don't know. Can I interject a little bit of tight end? Of course. You hear? Yeah, please do. So here's my take on what makes a good tight end. Uh-huh. They have to be athletic, mainly fast, because they got to run fast down the field to get the yardage. Yep. Um, and their quarterback has to like throwing to tight ends, and their offensive coordinator has to like including them in his scheme. And if one of those three stool legs is taken out, like they're not a good tight end. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, it's very, it's very dangerous. I think to, to try to invest at the tight end position until you're ready to compete. It, I, I think you shouldn't have a top tight end for the first half of your season. And then if you're like, okay, I think I'm in the top three. Now I'm going to go and trade for that top tight end because I know the quarterback likes him. I know the offense is, is using him and I know he's an athlete. And And this is like, this is the way I don't get burned at the tight end position, honestly. And so it's like, don't invest at the tight end position in a startup invest through trade. Once you know, okay, I'm making a run at title. So I kind of like that. Yeah. That it's also a position that doesn't really necessarily increase in value, you know, outside of the startup, which, you know, that's, that's a big problem at quarterback is the fact that they do get such a big 
bump based on scarcity. That scarcity, it feels like it exists at tight end, and it, it really kind of doesn't. Right. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's some scarcity uh to a point where it it kind of doesn't matter. Like that's that's the problem <laughs> at tight end. Elite ones, then then have three random guys. Yeah. And and then when you want to be elite, then go trade for one of the elite ones. Yeah. That's all you got Yeah, I like that. So. And and you you really don't even have to trade for one. You can. Uh, you know, that that can definitely be the finishing touch on a contending roster. Yeah. I like that. Um, but even then, you don't you kind of don't have to, you know, like I I I did pretty well this year with Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz you know, yeah. uh, like John Bates late in the season and Logan Thomas early in the season, Austin Hooper at times, like there were, uh, there were so many of those guys, Hunter Henry kind of came yeah, back and touchdowns for sure. Yeah. You know, there, there were, there were a lot of different guys that you could rely on to get you a baseline level of scoring. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean by, you know, that scarcity doesn't really exist. There's a ton of guys, and every single season, there's some guys who come along that we weren't really expecting. Right. You know, there there's going to be somebody next. There's going to be a Dawson Knox type breakout next season. Yeah. You know, um, we could even speculate on who that's going to be, but at the end of the day, like it just doesn't it doesn't matter. Like you're going to find somebody who's going to keep you in every single game. Yeah. And then you're going to if even if your opponent has an advantage at tight end. If they've got Kyle Pitts, they've got Travis Kelsey, whatever, and they've got that small advantage over you at tight end because you're starting Austin Hooper, you know, you're going to make it up at another position. Like it's, it's, it's pretty easy to do. So yeah, it's, it's just kind of not even worth worrying about until there's nothing else to worry about, which is kind of what you're saying. That's exactly. That's a great way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like it's the hood ornament. That's like, (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Like I always wanted to, and never did. I always wanted to steal the Jaguar hood ornament. I was like, Oh man, it's just the most beautiful thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. That is a particularly good one. So that's the Kyle Pitts. (laughs) (laughs) but you know the mercedes uh hood ornament is still functional yeah it's not quite as cool but like it's just as useful yeah yeah Uh, probably more aerodynamic (laughs) (laughs) uh my my jaw did drop when you told me uh you know it told the audience last week that DeAndre Hopkins didn't go before any 2021 or 2022 first round picks. All yeah. for DeAndre Hopkins. My jaw dropped. I know. And same with OBJ. OBJ feels like as long as, I mean, he's definitely worth the 112. I think he's worth the 110. And I probably would be willing to even go a little. I'm like, my, my main takeaway was I need to go get some I, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, that was a strange one. He he went one pick ahead of rookie pick 201. Yeah. Um that one and then Mike Jasicki went one pick ahead of him. So, I mean, we're essentially calling these guys 
second round value yeah. at that point. If you're saying you'll take 112 over those guys, you're calling them, you know, second round value. And I'm just like, how are you going to replace DeAndre Hopkins in the second round right. of 2022? Like you've got you've got no shot at it. Yeah. You you actually have a chance of replacing his production at, you know, 107. And it's still it's not a slam dunk. It's just it's it's a little it's it's about a coin toss at that point. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I do think like after those running backs go, I mean, I'm probably I might even take him after the third before the third running back. Uh, But after those running backs go, it's like, yeah, um, I think I'll take the historically the Hall of Fame wide receiver who's not old, who's with the awesome offense with a really good quarterback. No, yeah, I think I'll I think I'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like easy to decide. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you got to grill me for an hour here. <laughs> I'm not gonna spend an hour, but oh, okay. uh y- you don't get to just ask all the questions on my show. You're my guest, Nathaniel. <laughs> all right. Uh I'm curious. So I, I happen to know you're doing, I mean, the same thing that we're all doing, quote unquote scaling back on dynasty leagues right now. Uh, we're all trying to do we're all trying to know that you, you, because you, you quit a league on me because of it. Oh yeah. My, my league, my league was one of the cuts. Okay. <laughs> oh, <shoot>. So, uh, but it, I, I, I don't hold a grudge on that. I absolutely <laughs> get it. Uh, Besides the fact that I had just beat you in the playoffs with yeah. my ridiculously loaded team, um, it also just it's it's a it's a difficult league to win. It's a difficult league to compete. It's a vampire league that's likely to end sometime soon. Uh, there's 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 a lot of reasons to step away from it. So I absolutely get it. Um, I don't hold a grudge at all. I thought your your. Adaptation of the league to keep people around was brilliant. I was like, I don't know if I had known that. Yeah, I don't know what I've done. But yeah, yeah, payday loans essentially is kind yeah, of what I- we're doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll end up talking more about that on the podcast at some point too, mm-hmm. uh, as we uh, reload that league. Yeah, um, get ready for one more league, one more year. But uh, so. My question, though, I, and I assume that that's not the only league that you quit because, like I said, we're all we're all doing that, and we all do that every year. In fact, we, you know, step away from some of the leagues that don't make sense anymore, and then inevitably we end up joining some more. Now, you might be more disciplined than than me, um, and maybe even more disciplined than than the majority. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the face you just made uh, indicates otherwise, but let's just say hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what type of league would it take for you to like? What you know? Give me settings. Give me uh, you know league makeup. Whatever it is that would get you to add another league uh, right now. Yeah. So um, I actually dropped two others. Uh, one of which I was planning on dropping. The other one folded. And so I was like, okay. Um, but they were 10 teams, super flex with a really weighted towards rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that just, I'm not interested in that. 
Um, I'm not really interested in 10 team leagues in, in general at all anymore. Nope. So it has to be a minimum of 12. I actually am commissioning a startup for a 14 team super flex, uh, super flex league uh, with we're we're putting to a vote whether it's going to be point per first down or half PPR. Uh, so that's going to be up for a vote and we'll let the, the league decide. But I'm hoping it goes point per first down because I've never done that. So what I'm looking for is a new uniqueness. Yeah. So, I won't, I won't join any more just random standard 12 team super flexes anymore. Yeah. Uh, I have, I have one of those. Um, I'm going to, um, I'm in a, I'm in a salary cap, uh, nice. uh contract league. I will, jo- I will join another one of those if I could find a commissioner that I believe in, because that's a ton of work for the commissioner. So you really got to trust whoever's spearheading that thing. Yeah. Um, but I love that. I, I don't know where the content is I'm like where the content is lacking feels like it's in that realm, but it's so nuanced. How could you even put out some content? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. I know, you know, auction startups are kind of that, that same concept, the whole budgeting and, yep. and, you know, and I've, I've, I mean, I'm pretty passionate about auctions. I really enjoy auction. I, I enjoy salary cap leagues as well, but, um, don't have nearly as much experience. Um, but to me, like auction is the way to start a league. Oh yeah. You know, we, we talk about ADP, we talk about, you know, the, the strategies for a startup. That's only because that's what people do. (laughs) But like, I don't, (laughs) but my way we'd be talking about auctions. So the, the tough part is it is, it, it really just kind of comes down to, you know, like your league is going to be different. Yeah. You know, every yeah. single league is different. And it's, it's just so hard to hit that context for every single person and every single league. But oh. I agree with you. There's, there's, there's a void there Yeah, that needs to be filled. Uh, have you, oh, and I am installing, I remember we ran that idea of like, I hate setting lineups. Yeah. I, I'm putting a best ball one week only per team per year uh for every i'm putting that adaptation into my league oh cool and if you don't use it throughout the the regular season it can roll into your playoffs so you could use your best ball your optimum lineup scoring in a playoff uh, situation which oh. would be, you know you'd blow away the, the competition in that one uh so it yeah. might backfire it might blow up in my face <laughs> if that happens but i'm pretty excited uh, to try that out too so some yeah. quirky adaptations to it that's what uh, I'm, I'm looking for do you get uh are you gonna give like double wins if you beat a team that's using their best ball <laughs> oh that's okay though. i think you should i think you almost have to I right think just like, came up with next year's new rule that we're gonna put in. Yeah. that's a good idea yeah i yeah i think you almost have to like there's got to be some kind of incentive for like taking them down it's it's so hard to set a lineup and beat a best ball roster so if you're able to do it yeah that should be worth something yeah but the rule the rule i've made is that you have to announce to the league on on noon on thursday and the play the team you're playing against has the the option then to like uh, match that if they still have theirs before the kickoff on thursday so it's not uh it's not like a surprise uh, you have a chance to to kind of give a rebuttal um, to if, if anyone pulls it on you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's talk real, just real quick about uh, this past season. Um, just, just here, here's your opportunity to, uh, to show us receipts, brag to us. Uh, how many championships did you take down? How'd you do it? I'm, I'm actually more curious about that. I love hearing about people's different strategies and how they navigated, especially this season. This season was freaking oh, man. tough, man. Yeah, so exhausting. Yeah. Um, so I was in uh, seven dynasty leagues or five dynasty leagues. Maybe the, maybe there was like a, I have a guillotine in there and something else. Um, so I I'll call it six dynasty leagues. That's right. So out of the six dynasty leagues, I um, made the semifinals in five of them, advanced to the championship in three of those five, and won two championships. Uh, they were both in the 10 team super flexes that have, uh, I quit and folded. So uh, <laughs> I, I reigned supreme for a week and then it was like, okay, we're all. <laughs> That's a bummer. Um, and then I made money in this in the vampire league, um, which is, I, I don't usually do money leagues. Almost all of my enjoyment comes from the competition. So I don't need the financial incentive. Yeah. Um, but so it was nice to actually win money in in, in, in fantasy football because I never really really do that. So I think I won a hundred bucks making the top six in the Vampire League, which was uh, that was probably the most joy I had more than even the championships uh, was was that. And then losing to you, it was a bit of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty tough. Uh, I did not do nearly enough trash talking over that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> i was just like i was i was i was just way too focused on uh on trying to win that league and yeah. like i i can tell people really kind of want to reset and it's tough yes. because they were there it was uh it's uh matthew hillebrenner uh ended up winning it and everyone's probably like why did you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean everybody was rooting for him right up until he actually won and they're like, Ooh, actually we have to do this for another year. And, and not only the, uh, the vampires took second, third and fourth place. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the three of the six vampires, and um, even stronger and the other ones will join you. As <sighs> steamroll. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so yeah, now everybody's like, man, it seemed like a good idea uh to beat them like that's kind of the spirit of the league that's the whole point here yeah but uh now that it happened uh this sucks <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna make next year incredibly boring yeah. and incredibly frustrating so yeah i was really hoping for a reset i think it would be a lot of fun to uh to redraft that league and and yeah. start all over yeah so i, I will say um to keep tooting my horn on the ones I did win. Nice. Uh, I went with the tight end strategy. I moved in and took uh, Kittle, and then I ended up getting Waller. I was able to flex him. Um, didn't really matter as much. I probably he was on my bench more than he was in the lineup. And then the other one I had Gronkowski. So I got you know you know that that you just got the guys and Rob Gronkowski does what Gronk does. Yeah. But then I had um, uh, Cooper Cup in one. Uh, that carried my wide receivers. And then the other one I had, um, uh, 
wide receiver for the Packers. I'm blanking on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the guy's name? Adams. <laughs> Oh, Devontae. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Jamon Moore, one of those really uh, lesser known guys. <laughs> and then, and then I just used the, the super flex uh, depth of, of uh, quarterbacks. And so nice. Um, my running backs were, you know, they were, they were, de- they were like Michael Carter's and I did have Jonathan Taylor uh, like on both spearheading me, but the rest of the, uh, it's like you got to have two running backs plus two flexes, and it has to be a running back because of the way this league's rushing. So you have to have four really good. And I was like, I had one, and then I just churned, basically, because yeah. uh, of this. This was the year to do that for sure, and probably is every year. So, yeah, yeah. nice. It was fun. Do you have any uh, tent pole strategies that you're going to take into this off season? You know, kind of how I'm gonna just completely bail on 2022 and 2022's rookie class and you know push everything to 2023 do you have anything like that well okay so i'm actually doing a startup like i said 14 team and it's gonna have the embedded uh 22 rookie picks in it we're gonna do it before the nfl draft Mm -hmm. um and i'm really thinking about doing doing heavy quarterback um qbx baby and then uh but it's like it's 14 teams I don't know. Yep. It's gonna look like I've never done one of those before. I got a lot. There's not a lot. There's like three or four owners in it that were like, you've never done it before. Can you join me? It's hard to get to 14 owners, um, <laughs> but was able to do it. So there's a couple that have never done it before. So I don't know what to expect with, with them and trading and whatnot. But I, um, yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm leaning towards, I'm not fully ready to commit yet. Uh, letting, letting 22 go by with a steady uh, stable of quarterbacks and some 2023 picks. Cause it just does sound really fun to try. And yeah. then in the other ones I'm uh, I have, I have my salary cap contract league. I'm, I'm really sitting pretty in uh, the other standard 12 uh, super flex. I have zero depth uh, and all of my talent is in my starting lineup. And this year that just didn't fly. Um, so uh, I don't know what to do. I feel like I could push all my chips in this year and then have to just be on the struggle bus for rebuilding um, for like years or I don't, yeah, I'm really, yeah. I'm stuck in there and I'm like, I'm going to end up in that six seed, you know, where you never want to be. I don't know what to do with that. Like, yeah. So Yeah. Man, I'll have to keep up with you and see yeah. what you decide on that one. Yeah. That sounds that one sounds fun to me, but uh yeah, it's it's an interesting dilemma. Right, um, yeah, that is the beautiful thing. It's like even if you uh, are in a bad spot, it makes it fun. That's yeah. I, I don't know why people are hesitant to join, to join Dynasty. It's like it's the most fun. <laughs> All right, so with our last forty five seconds here. Uh, let me know if this is doable or not. Uh, you, you have permission to, uh, to back out of it. Um, but this is something that I, I, I didn't warn you about this, but I intend to ask every one of my guests this off season for a year nuts, bold prediction (laughs) for 2022. It can be the off season. It can be, 
you know, free agency, it can be rookies, it can be, you know, the actual 2022 season, whatever you got. Yeah. Can I ask you for one? Um, I think uh, right now in your rankings, he is the 20. Oh, where is he? Dasan. Where's Javante Williams? He's your 28th ranked player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be uh, below 50 uh, next year. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know that you're that nuts on that. Um, that puts him with your Amari Coopers and uh, David Montgomery's and yeah, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yeah, yeah, I mean it. It would be pretty easy for some of these guys, uh, you know, to to jump ahead of him. So, uh, yeah, I'm the the Javante Williams is an obvious top five running back. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm not there either. Um I yeah. I don't know what this system's going to look like. I don't know what this offense is going to look like. Uh the the big thing for me with Javante Williams is he's young and low usage, you right. know, <laughs> yeah. which is just kind of what I'm looking for at this point. Like I I ranked uh I ranked Antonio Gibson higher than I would like as well just yeah. because of the fact again you know yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he's he's young and he's still pretty fresh like yeah. he's you know that's that's the type of thing that you can count on for more than a season and you know you don't have to ask for a an outlier type of season from him mm-hmm. either because you're you know you're gonna be able to hang on to him for a couple seasons so yeah, but yeah that's that's kind of how i ranked both of those guys uh that's really just kind of how I approach the running back position in general. Um, actually, man, Antonio Gibson needs to move up. I just rec- I just realized I've got him at running back 11. Javante's at running back seven. So we found one. We found right at the end of the show uh, with your, your nuts helped me find uh, something Thank that. You. <laughs> this, yeah. Yeah. And that was why you were here. You 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 came to correct me on stuff, and it took you, you know, an hour and seventeen minutes. But you found something. Uh, so. I consider you thoroughly rebuked. <laughs> me too, man. Me too. <laughs> I hang my head in shame. <laughs> All right, Nathaniel Broughton. And uh, on, man, this was super fun. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on, brother. Appreciate it. At Nathaniel, bro. Um, I, I haven't seen, uh, a, uh, an episode announcement in a while is, uh, dynasty for the Everyman. That's what it's called, right? Dynasty for the common man. Um, common man. Now it was just a little side project that I wanted to let other people and me particularly have the fun that you and, and everyone who does this on a weekly basis have. Yeah. And eventually people are just like, they just stopped being interested. They didn't want to have the fun. And so I was like, well, I don't want to do this as solo. This was meant to have a conversation. So yeah. I guess I'm done. So uh, every once in a while, someone will pop up, but it's more of a by person rather than, you know, anything else. Yeah. So nothing in the, nothing in the works. 
Well, there's your opportunity, super friends. If you do want to jump on a podcast and, uh, um, you know, just a one-off opportunity, you can always talk with my man, Nathaniel. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue to keep up with your super flex strategy. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you in DMs from time to time, especially when uh, you hear an episode where you think I'm, I'm the one who's nuts. Um, uh, <laughs> you're one of the few people who can get away with saying that, but <laughs> that's not even true, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you're, you've just become one of my favorites and it was awesome to get to catch up with you. And I appreciate your time. We'll definitely, definitely do it again. Sounds good. Right on. So let's wrap it up there for the week. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts mega feed. Uh, do me a huge favor and rate and review the Super Show. Helps me to get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, uh, my super friends. Get at me on Twitter, ask Superflex Dude. You can still DM or uh, at that uh, Ask Superflex Show account. You're just not going to get nearly as, as quick of a response. But Hey, it's still there. It still exists, so go for it. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Oh,